Hi, and welcome to the Rebel Mama Hotline. This is our first official episode, and we're so glad you've decided to join us. We'd like to take this opportunity to suggest you either listen to this on headphones or when your kids are out of earshot, because we swear like mother And that's the only time we'll ever censor ourselves, so consider yourselves warned. This week, we're discussing two very hot topics right now for moms virtual school and Bridgerton. Yes, so let's get to it. Starting with virtual school. What's up with virtual school? Who's getting the shortest end of the stick? Kids, parents, teachers, teachers who are parents? Is gym class worth it? Why are all these other kids' voices so fucking annoying? When will it end? Who knows? I mean, I definitely think teacher parents are drowning right now. I can't even imagine what that's like to like stay on top of your own kids. Plus you have a classroom of 18 other kids. Plus you're cooking and cleaning and doing all that. But ultimately the kids get shafted here. Like not only are they out of school and away from their peers, but they're stuck at home with busy working parents, stressful conversations, limited activities, And yet sometimes it seems like they're handling it better than the rest of us. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I think that the kids are killing it. I think the kids are all right. I feel super grateful for just living in a solid community. The parents on my street are amazing. And I'm lucky that my kids have been able to play with their friends at the park every day at lunch and after school, which has kind of helped them maintain some sense of normalcy. And I feel like it's been really good for their mental health. But what I know for sure is that no matter who I talk to, everybody who has a child right now is struggling and everybody is just doing their best to find some way to go. Oh, God, seriously. And hopefully they go back to school soon. It's looking like it. There's a glimmer of light. Um, but how about this growing trend also of people taking their kids out of virtual school and they're homeschooling them instead? I mean. I feel like for some people, it makes sense to do that. If you have the flexibility right now to take that on, then I think that these people might be onto something because the thing about homeschooling is that it basically entails two hours of work a day. You do an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon, and then it's free play the rest of the day. So it actually sounds like kind of the better way to do it. Should we do it? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I like the idea of my kids staying connected to their teacher and their classmates by way of virtual school. Mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of creates another source of community and it kind of bonds them in this experience. But I don't know if I love the screen time all the time. I don't know. I know. It's kind of depressing. They're just sitting there staring at the laptop. (laughs) Um, but we let's take some quotes from our group, our Rebel Mama group. There's a lot of talk in there, obviously, about virtual school. So someone wrote, I am a virtual school teacher of a grade three classroom. My students have been completely virtual since September. And even though it's now something they're familiar with, they still struggle at times. And I totally find that it's so understandable, as they should. Yeah. Um, students who are used to in-person school find virtual school very challenging, especially at the beginning, but some may never really get used to it because unlike school, there isn't really the movement breaks, the ability to actually interact fully with teacher and classmates. 
um, having a full routine, et cetera, et cetera. As a teacher, we understand that parents and students are doing the best they can. We understand that this isn't ideal. And I think here we have, this is it, right? It's short term, hopefully, like we're getting into the spring and the summer again. We're going to get our kids out more and hopefully this will pass. It's a shitty pandemic and it's a shitty time, but, you know, human beings have been through worse and they've survived wars and things like that. So I think we'll come out on the other end. Okay. I know. I feel like it's important to hold on to that perspective. I keep calling my grandma just so that she tells me that this too shall pass. Cause I'm like, anybody's been through it. She knows after 87 years, she's like, yeah, okay. You've not seen people for 18 months. I think you're going to be fine. She's like, I've seen some shit. Okay. You have FaceTime. It's not that bad. exactly okay so what is this looking like in your house right now and what is keeping you sane I mean I set up beside my kid all day it's like our little workstation he has his laptop I have my laptop you know snack breaks we take them together pretty much that way I'm always there beside him he doesn't have to like call for me all the time because I find that makes me anxious and to stay sane I'm kind of just not hard on myself I'm taking him out a lot Um, It helps that, you know, us working together, we're so flexible, we're always on voice notes, we're sending messages, so I'm not so chained. Um, What about you, though? What are you you doing over there in the junction? I don't know. Fuck. I think if I had one kid, I would be doing what you're doing and just setting up with them, because hearing that constant, I need to switch from Zoom to Google Classroom and into Scholastic, (laughs) like it's constant all day long. But with the two of them, I tried to have them at the dining room table at the beginning and I had them each in headphones, but then I couldn't hear what the teachers yeah. were saying. So we were missing things. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. So then I now I've split them up. I have the older one in my room because he's a lot more independent. And the little one is downstairs because he's in junior kindergarten and he only gets an hour of um, Google Meet in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. So the rest of the day, he just kind of has the run of the house and he seriously just shoots balls into a hockey net. I mean, he's in JK. Like his job is to play and socialize and make friends. Like he's not, you know what I mean? So that's definitely tough. I I feel for those kids. I know. So when will this be over, babe? Fuck, I don't know. Should we start placing bets? I think, okay, do you want to know what (laughs) I think for real? I think, and this is based on the moon and the stars, based solely on the full moon in Virgo last night. Um, I think that the areas outside the districts outside of the Toronto District School Board will go back on Feb 10th or 11th, whatever they said initially. But I think that I don't think Toronto's going back until after either family day or March break. Yeah, I think around March too, because I feel like when they start reopening schools, they're definitely not going to start with the city. They'll just start with the suburbs coming in. Although you never know, they're starting, I think they're getting a lot of pressure too now from the public. Well, the case numbers are going down, right? But it is. it just depends on what the hospital bed situation is like, where you are. It's just a matter of trying to not get into this place of complete pandemonium and chaos. So I feel like once we're at the level where things are fine, then they'll open it up again. But until we get there, I don't think it's going to happen. So I have extremely low expectations. 
expect the worst and hope for the best that's kind of all you can do because speculating you can't you can't do much because it just changes every day and the curveballs keep coming so I'm just hoping for better weather so I can stay outside I but I think you're right I think we need to plan for the worst and hope for the best This episode is brought to you by Get Your Shit Together, the Rebel Mama's Handbook for Financially Empowered Moms. Do you want to get your mind and your money right in a mansplaining free environment? Then Get Your Shit Together is the book for you. With hot tips, tricks, quizzes, sensible tactics, and clear advice, this book will help you learn how to broach money compost with your partner, untangle wills, guardianship, and other morbid subjects, navigate the world of parental leave, figure out if, when, and how to go back to work, choose childcare options, ditch debt and spend more mindfully, understand investment strategies and create generational wealth, and more, because the only thing better than self-care is economic freedom, baby. Buy it anywhere books are sold. All right, we're back. And we're asking the big money question. What's up with Bridgerton? Why are grown women losing their shit over this horny 17th century period piece? Who's going to tell Daphne that a life of banging a hot dude with no intention of impregnation was in fact the fairy tale ending and she let it pass her by? Also, should we start making porn for women for real? Seriously, if they can do this, we can do this. (laughs) But it's no wonder that the show is Netflix's Biggest show to date, literally. I read a stat that said 82 million households tuned in in the first month, which is crazy. But what a perfect moment to throw out a steamy love story. Everyone's stuck inside at home dreaming of escapism. And the Duke, obviously. I mean, he's like... Obviously. He's super fucking hot. If you haven't watched, go watch just him. And this is the kind of TV we all need right now. It feels good. Yeah, I totally agree. And there are going to be spoiler alerts in here. So here is your warning. (laughs) Um, But I spent the last week of 2020 watching this show. It came out, it was out for like five days when I discovered it. And I clicked on it because... I love shit from the 17th century. It's my favorite (laughs) of the centuries. I'm like, that's where my nerdy English lit degree comes out. Um, Hilarious. And it's why I describe this to people as Jane Austen meets Gossip Girl with sex, black people, and a good soundtrack. Like, (laughs) it's perfect. Everything that's been missing from 17th century storytelling. Finally. It's arrived. Gets injected into this one tale and it's just so good and i've made so many people watch it using that description because i fucking loved it the timing was perfect and it was like we just needed that stimulation for our senses we needed to see the outfits and we needed to see the parties you get to just escape a hundred percent i mean there's definitely okay sure there's problematic things about the show and those things are proliferating now like crazy but like the accuracy of things you mean or like in the plot I don't know I'm not that familiar with the plot I just like I don't really listen to it until somebody's having sex and then I lift my head up and I'm like what's going on is someone naked <laughs> no people are upset at like you know they're saying that it's great that there's these black characters but once again it you know focuses mostly on whiteness and 
the black characters tend to be the most mm-hmm. flawed characters in the show and they get more flawed as like the melanin in their skin <laughs> increases so there's a whole other commentary to that side that started to come up in the last few weeks but it's just because so many people have watched it now right that it's we're picking it apart and I think that there's value in picking things apart for sure. But also, I just think this was just the like non-trash, trash TV that we all Well, that's exactly it. That's like picking apart a soap opera, right? Like, it's not, a, you're not really watching it because the storyline, you know, is super accurate to that time and <laughs> everything makes sense, right? You're just, it, the Gossip Girl point, like Jane Austen meets Gossip Girl, that's just it, right? Yeah. Also, I mean, anybody who was in our RMKY Sexy Book Club and who read Mating in Captivity knows the importance of just introducing sex back to people's psychic landscape to make them even entertain the thought of banging their Mm -hmm. husband again. And I feel like the show has (laughs) done this for people. I feel like there's millions of men out there that are just confused as to how much sex they're having right now. I'm like, why? Why is, I, why is my wife so into me? Hold on a second. She's got yes. Simon on pause. Honestly, I truly think that there's <laughs> got to be a whole bunch of confused men out there right now. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with it. They just signed it for seven more seasons, right? Yes. So we'll see how this plot plays out, guys. But basically... <laughs> I kind of want to read the books. Apparently, it's based on... A series of books and there are seven books which is why or eight books which is why they've signed on for mm. and now I'm like fuck I kind of want to read if I had the time that's what I would be doing right now this is like do you see how these things make millions by the way first no. it was like 10 shades of gray or whatever 50 it was called 50 <laughs> clearly I didn't get into that, that that hard but like it's it's like simple and easy to digest and it's gonna make you feel good for a little while and then you can go to sleep like and it takes your worry away because now you're just focused on the good stuff yeah but the question is should we start making mom porn for real yeah I think we should I think people are gonna be down with that I think we'd make some good porn if we had to do I it I think so too I think this has just shown me that there is such that women like watching this shit like women like watching people have sex and they like the you know theatrics of it but they gotta have the cost like there's so many well, they, they gotta have there's layers right so I feel like there's always been porn and you can go on Pornhub and you can watch like a normal porn but those are usually so, like, they're very, they just look like porn. Like, you press play and then <laughs> you know, the guy comes at you with, like, a penis and it's happening. This is like you're following a love story and a complicated storyline. And there's, like, all these kinds of levels where, where I think you can lose yourself and it kind of, like, you can almost kind of play the fantasy out in your own life right yeah totally no i think that this is definitely something we need to explore babe i think we need to add it to the to-do list (laughs) well let's see there's been a lot of bridgerton discussions in our group over the past months like surprise to no one but i picked some of my favorite quotes from there (laughs) yes read them to me now please duke minus pants equals yes I mean, his body is like um, the spoon. (laughs) The spoon. I know. 
I ripped through this show in one day. Take care of yourselves, kiddos. Mama's got a new show to watch. (laughs) (laughs) And more sweet Simon ass for all. I mean, I'm totally watching for the story. It's so funny because I like, I told Jeff, who's my husband, I told him, I'm like, do you want to watch some with me? He's like, he just looked at me like, clearly this is something you need to do. And I feel like I'm just going to, he thinks he's going to like interrupt my like sexy time with Simon. He probably would be. <laughs> He's the third wheel in the situation. Oh my god, I think it's all so funny. I think that once again the timing was just phenomenal. I think Shonda Rhimes is a fucking genius. She knows how to write a good story. She knows how to get your attention from the first scene and suck you in and I am looking forward to the next seven seasons. I just, you know what? This saved me from all of the like hockey and football and all the annoying, like all of the sports are on right now. I'm dying. So we've split our lives into two different TVs and I'm in the 17th century upstairs <laughs> with Simon. And then he's just downstairs watching sports and it is just this beautiful. He's like, perfect. There's another man babysitting my woman. No one needs me right now. This is great. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for the inaugural episode of the Rebel Mama Hotline. We are your hosts. I am Nikita Stanley, and on the other line is Alexandra Jassim. And we can't wait to see you again next week when we will be discussing what's up with newborns and what's up with back-to-work bullshit. How fun. If you've fallen in love with the Rebel Mama Hotline already, please make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe so that other people know that this is the place to be. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) Hey, guys. The song you've been enjoying throughout this episode is called Name and Number off the debut album Unrequited by Toronto's own Roshan. Stream it now on Apple Music.